I'm Lisa with Enable. We are coming to a city near you. We are on the road for our 2024 roadshows. Come learn about Enable, our products, what we have to offer, and network with some IT professionals in your area. We hope to see you there. Register today and we'll see you soon. 2015, we were probably doing like one mil rev. We were maybe 10, 15 people. And then we had a bit of a change of direction. Coming up on Now That's It. So I went from being tech director to running the business. Dan Kitchen, CEO of Razor Blue Group, talks about the challenges of starting an MSP. You've grown up with these people and they've grown up and they've worked with you and they've supported you along that journey. You, know, you sort of feel like you've got to bring them along the journey even if it's not the right thing to do. And how successfully scaling their business has opened them up to new opportunities. We've been able to bid for business that if we were still a more regional player, even if we'd been a bigger regional player, we we wouldn't have been able to win. Welcome to Now That's It, stories of MSP success, where we dive into the journeys of some of the trailblazers in our industry to find out how they used their passion for technology to help turn managed services into the thriving sector it is today. Deanne, really appreciate you being here talking to us. Why don't you just start off, tell us a little bit about your background and maybe, you know, how you got started in, as, as a managed service provider. Yeah, sure. So my background's tech. So I was always interested in it from a young age. I was doing a lot of web hosting business when I was younger. So I had some servers out in New York and was building a web hosting business. Sort of quickly realized web hosting is not great margin. <laughs> It's a bit of a race to the bottom. And then that's when I started to get into the consulting space. You know, managed services wasn't really a thing right. then. This was like sort of 2007, 2008. Sure. And I met another guy who was sort of on that managed services journey to, you know, building what would become MSPs. We joined our businesses together and we started to hire some people. And I was still technical, pure, pure technical at that point. I'd done the, you know, we, we, we were selling cloud. What was cloud before? the cloud existed, yep. you know, some servers in a data center and, yeah. and that sort of thing. We, we're doing that. So I built that. We became an ISP. So I built the ISP core network, you know, got us our IP addresses and all that sort of stuff and our, our AS number and did the transit appearing, that sort of thing. So that was, that was like my world. And, and it just, it grew from there really. But I think our growth was fairly static. You know, we got to well, 2015, we were probably doing like one mil rev revenue, something like that. We were maybe 10, 15 people at that point. And then we had a bit of a change of direction. So Chris, who was my business partner at the time, he wanted to be doing something a bit different. He he didn't want to grow as quite as aggressively as, as I did. Mm-hmm. So we went our separate ways. I bought his his share of the business out and he 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 went off to do something else. And then I had to do all sorts of stuff that I had not really had too much experience with at this point. Sure. So I went from being tech director to being running the business. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, finance, HR, all these different things. Wow. And that was interesting. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, number one, I heard two big things there. You were sort of the guy, the tech guy for a long time. And then there was a point where you had to take a step out of that and be more of a, all right, I'm going to run at least the tech side of the company, but not be the guy that's actually fixing things. So yeah. that was a big maturity right a big step and then another one here you know a a while later where you're the guy right i mean you're sort of taking over so talk about you from a professional perspective i mean you know what were you going through what were you thinking through in those two sort of big jumps i i guess i was just i took it in my stride yeah i I didn't really know 
you know, I didn't really know what I didn't know at, yeah. that, at that point. Sure. And it was a case of just, you know, learning about all this stuff. I mean, the, 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 the you know, the company buyout thing was new to me in terms of, you know, share purchase agreements and, and all that sort of stuff. You know, the, the finance stuff was relatively new to me and trying to, you know, get my head around that and having to understand, you know, how a profit and loss and a, and a balance sheet all tied together and, and those sort of things, but a lot self-taught yeah. with some advice from people around me, but yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Talk about, you know, as, as the company grew, you know, you merged two companies, but you've done some more M&A since then, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. We've done in, in more recent years, we've done another two deals. That's great. So, so yeah, we did a, an acquisition in Manchester and then we did one in Scotland. That was about 18 months ago. So these are all sort of in the last four or five years. And the ambition with that was we wanted to grow geographically. And actually that's worked really well for us because it's, it's given us more of a national platform and through having that more national platform, we've been able to bid for business that if we were still a more regional player, even if we'd been a bigger regional player, we, we wouldn't have been able to win. So that's great. You talk a little bit about when you were going through those M and a, you had some involvement with the growth strategists and then enable folks. Can you talk a little bit about what that was like and, and how they helped? Yeah. I mean, they, they, they were great. They gave us some, some advice on, on how to, on how to grow and, and how other MSPs had done it. Sure. Really, I think one of the things that you lack in the in the marketplace is everybody's very everybody plays their cards very close to their chest in terms yep. of, you know, how they've got there and how they've achieved and what, what worked and what didn't work. And actually the enabled folks have been really great at sort of sharing that knowledge mm -hmm. uh, from from experience they've got from from other enabled partners. That's great, Dan. Let's talk about, you know, it obviously as you've grown the company there's obviously been some challenges around along the way, and you, you shared some, you know, from your professional career, moving into different roles. But what are some of the other things that, that the companies maybe run into from a, from a challenge perspective, and, and how did you overcome some of those? I think when you're growing quite aggressively, you, you can outgrow people, and I think that's a bit of a challenge. You know, you might have someone who, who was doing a great job when you were 10, 15, 20 users, you know, or 20, 20 employees, I suppose. But then when you get to 100, when you get to 150, they're maybe not the right person for that job, job anymore. They're the right person to have the business. Right. But doing something different. And I, and I think that's quite a big challenge because obviously, you, you know, particularly when you've grown a business from nothing to where it is, you've grown up with these people and they've grown up and they've worked with you and they've supported you along that journey. So, you know, you've, you've, you've sort of feel, you know, you sort of feel like you've got to, you've got to, got to bring them along the journey, even if it's not the right thing to do. Right. That's great. I can relate to that from my past experiences, you know, folks that had been with us since the beginning that might've been doing professional services and trying to move them over into managed services and, and getting them in that train of thought, you know, this is different. This is good for you, but you know, they've been doing something else for a really long time. So, so I can relate to that for sure. That I agree. That's a, that's a big challenge. So let's talk a little bit about, so we, we, we call this, this is a podcast that we call you know, now that's it. And, and really the, the, the question that I want to ask you now is when was the point in, in the career, in your career here, and especially the point in, in Razor Blue, where you said, you know, now that's it. We've figured it out. Like this is, we're doing the right thing. We're creating the right offering where we have the right partners. What, what was that point? I, I, th I think there's, there's probably multiple different points, yeah. but it's, 
I don't know. Sometimes you know it it can be good, and you walk into you know you walk into the business and you go you know we've, yeah we've got our twenty four seven operation center. It's working. It's running. You know we're we're chewing through you know six seven hundred tickets a day. The sales team are bringing in opportunities, things that I didn't know about. You know the finance team are doing what they need to do. The professional services team are pulling off huge projects, and you know I don't really know much about them. That's the sort of thing I think that you go, yeah, the machine is the machine is working. Yep, the machine you built that has continued to evolve and get better, it, it's working well. That's great. That's a that's a good example. Insight covers the full breadth of device types and operating systems. So we cover Windows, servers and workstations, of course. We cover Apple, macOS and iOS devices. We cover Linux, including even Raspberry Pis. And we also cover network devices. And it's really easy to install the different device types. Here you can see I select the operating system that I want to create the agent for. I run this on the endpoints and it will install that device. From there, I can apply features such as patch management, managed antivirus, endpoint detection and response. I can also use remote access to remotely connect to those device types to help my customers and their users out on a day-to-day -day basis. In addition, with network devices, we cover printers, routers, switches, firewalls, etc. And it's very easy to add. With just a couple of clicks, I can bring a network device under monitoring and I can add custom SNMP checks. And we also add some out-of-the-box checks for certain device types, for example, this printer. So really easy to get started with, easy to deploy. And it means that as an MSP, you don't have to partner with multiple vendors to cover all the different device monitoring requirements. So let's, let's talk a little bit about you know, maybe prospecting and, and really the, the key piece is when you acquire a new client, a new, a new, uh, a new customer, what's that like for you guys? And, and, and how do you sort of build that trust with this, uh, with this new business so that, so that they understand that they're in, they're in the right hands? You've got to impress them from day one. I think that's really important. Our onboarding process is pretty robust in terms of all the steps that we go through. And as soon as we get in there, we want to deliver a strategy with them in terms of what they need to do, what they need to invest in, how they need to improve their, their tech landscape. But I think you, you earn that trust in probably that first 90 days. And if you fail, then that customer is not going to stay with you for, for, for very long. You, you've got to make it work very, very smoothly. And that's, you know, that's everybody's responsibility in, in our organization. That's, you know, from you know, finance to open the new account from uh, the onboarding team, from project management to account management. So we have two different teams for, we have sales and we have account management and there's a handover that's got to happen between that. All those teams have got to do a really, really good job to impress, to impress that customer. Yeah, that's great. I, I remember that as well. It's, it's making that impression and, and setting expectations early too, I think is really key when you're, when you're building that trust. Customer service is obviously important to all MSPs. And so I just wanted to to sort of hear from you from a Razor Blue perspective. How do you treat customer service? What are the things you look at, and and how do you ensure you're you're delivering that that level of customer service to the client? We've done a few things. We live by Net Promoter Score, so we send ours out religiously. We put a lot of work into simplifying that so that we get get a lot of feedback. We get sort of like a forty percent response rate to to feedback we sent out, which is which is really really good. 
Amazing. And we've got a dedicated customer success team. So they are there purely not to do anything with account management, just to make customers happy. And that works well because it can, you know, we can look at issues from a from a totally agnostic point of view and, and go, right, what do we need to do to make this to make this better? I think that they're probably the two the two key things I would say. Those are great. Really good examples. Let's talk about evolution. So what's sort of, you know, how has the business evolved over the years and, and what types of different clients have you taken on or, or different technical levels or te technologies? Just how's the evolution evolved? I, I think sort of skills wise, we've had to develop a lot of new skills. Obviously clouds, my, you know, cl cloud technologies are moving way faster than, than any of us know. Sure. Microsoft decide to add new features and the clients find out about them the same time that we do. So that evolution is, is huge. And I suppose it's quite difficult going from having skill sets in a particular area to, to that, that sort of broad spectrum. So if you take you know, you know, someone who's a, I guess what you call like an infrastructure engineer, maybe like five years ago, they knew everything about everything. But now you've got specialisms, you know, you've got cloud specialisms, you've got security specialisms, infrastructure, network, end user compute. These are all different skill sets. And although we've got some people who are multi-skilled, you don't tend to find people who've got all these same skills in, in one person. It's very, very rare because there's just so much to, to know. And that, that's a challenge to resource for and recruit for, that sort of thing. Speaking of that, how have you guys found talent in the industry and how have you kept talent? I think to keep talent, you've got to be good to work for. Yeah. And that's something we put a lot of effort into. You know, it, working for an MSP is not easy. And I don't think there's any MSP job out there where you can walk into somewhere and it's a, you know, walk in at nine, leave at five and, and everything's great. It's, it's hard work, but I think you've got to build a community spirit. And when you're working late on projects and, and, and that sort of thing, the team have got to be on board with that and they've got to be, you know, they've got to be bought into the cause and celebrate the achievements when they, when they, when they complete. So that's a, that's probably a good, a, a good take on the, on, on the retention side. In terms of recruitment, it's, it's still very difficult. And I think it's, it's probably got a lot to do with the fact that there's a lot of, a, a lot of the competition and, and other partners out, other partners of yours out there that are investing very heavily in, in their own staff because they want to retain them too. Yep. So that's, that's a difficulty. We, we have built our own academy, um, which has helped us build new talent in the sort of end user compute service desk, first line part, part of the world. And then hopefully they do develop into second line and, you know, then start to specialize in, in particular areas post that, but it's, it's still a challenge because we need skill more quickly than it's, it's available. I always say that an, an MSP technician is a, is a special breed of human. I, I can count the, the number of Christmas Eves and New Year's Eves and on calls over dinner that I had to leave. And, and so, you know, I, I, I'm glad that not only you obviously recognize that, but that, that you appreciate that when those types of things happen. And, and I would agree when MSPs that, that do, again, recognize and appreciate and reward that sort of extra level of attention to detail and commitment, they're going to stay for a long time. Well, we, we've done quite a lot around that and it's because of our size and scale now that we've gone from having on-call teams to having dedicated teams for in, in a lot of areas. 
that now work shifts 24/7 so it has given people a bit more of their a bit more of their life you know work life balance back there's still areas that it's quite difficult to do that for because you know there are certain infrastructure specialisms and network specialisms that you know things only happen one day of 365 right so it it, it doesn't make sense to have somebody sat there doing nothing for for the rest of those days but i think that's certainly helped alleviate some of those those pressures that's great well talk a little bit about the future what's sort of next for razor blue and and what's what's the direction that the company's headed and more m a more organic growth a little bit of both what what's it look like probably a little bit of both yeah. i mean because we're privately owned and we're not private equity backed we we haven't got a ticking clock yeah. that we've got to work towards so we'll in we'll invest and reinvest and probably continue that organic growth journey we've also got some m a we want to do we've got particular target areas where we're looking for other acquisitions but we're not in a rush to do any deals it needs to be the right deal for for everybody and then i think it it's really interesting because you know you you speak to the bank and they'll say you know we want to see the five-year plan and we're going we can't give you a five-year plan because because tech is moving so fast right now it, it it's completely pointless i think you know the advances in ai is we've been talking about here are unbelievable and where we've got in probably less than a year from you know where we were a year ago is is insane so i think we've got to watch the space very carefully we've got to get on board with it and we've got to make the best use of the tech in the right ways but i certainly couldn't tell you where we'll be in three years time and it's uh, it's going to be interesting i think that's great dan it was a real pleasure i really appreciate you being here and i wish you and razor blue a ton of luck in the future and Best wishes and thank you just so very much for being here. Thanks very much for having me. To receive updates about future episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube or your preferred podcast platform and follow Enable on LinkedIn. We appreciate your support and encourage you to leave a rating or review as it helps us reach more listeners who can benefit from the wealth of knowledge shared on this show. Remember, success is not a destination, it's a journey. And by immersing yourself in the stories of those who have walked the path before you, you'll gain the tools, inspiration and confidence to achieve your own triumphs. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes of Now That's It, Stories of MSP Success. This podcast provides educational information about issues that may be relevant to information technology service providers. Nothing in the podcast should be construed as any recommendation or endorsement by Enable or as legal or any other advice. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by Enable employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of Enable or its officers and directors. This podcast may also contain forward-looking statements regarding future product plans, functionality, or developmental efforts that should not be interpreted as a commitment from Enable related to any deliverables or time frame. All content is based on information available at the time of recording, and Enable has no obligation to update any forward-looking statements.